It's the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, episode number two. I have Matt Lachlan on the line from Florida. And we've had over a week of action to begin the season since our opening show, Matt. Rutgers is 3-1, and one, coming off a loss to DePaul. Seton Hall, a perfect 3-0. and oh. Why don't we start with Seton Hall? Because that was an impressive win at Michigan. And they've, uh, they've looked good, Matt. I mean, Bryce Aiken uh, is healthy. He's the leading scorer for Seton Hall. Um, he's all he's cracked up to be. I mean, he couldn't uh, he couldn't go last year. He just uh, it was all fits and spurts for him, so he could get no consistency. I mean, he looks he looks really good. I mean, balanced scoring. They're deep. I mean, Jared Roden's doing his thing. You know, Miles Cal. I mean, Trey Jackson's uh, played well. Uh, Tyree Samuel is a strong start, and they're deep. Jameer Harris, uh, Alexis Yetna. I mean. He, now, Ike uh, Obiagu, you know, he doesn't score, but man, does he play some defense and played some great defense in the second half uh, against Michigan. They're down 11. They're a scrappy team. They played good defense. They got back into it with their defense and then pulled that game out. It was huge. And so uh, you have to be happy there, Matt. I don't think anybody can be upset with the start. It was a brilliant win on Tuesday night on the road against the top four team in the country. Now we'll see how things shake out, right? Early rankings can change. Clearly, and we'll know more about this Michigan team and more about Seton Hall as the year goes on. But in terms of an early season, big victory, statement win, one that will help them come tournament selection Sunday, assuming they play well the rest of the way, it was a huge win. One of the biggest wins that Kevin Willard has had, unquestionably. I mean, there have been Big East championships and things like that, so this would fall just below that. But in terms of a regular season, early season matchup against a ranked team. This was just a brilliant victory. And let's go to Bryce Aiken again, because again, you didn't know what you had last year. And it's interesting to see these Ivy League guards, even uh, was it, uh, Mike Simpson. Uh, Simpson was his last name. The guy from uh, Michigan last year was from Columbia and was played brilliantly for them. And here's Bryce Aiken here. Uh, play, play, very strong start for him. And, you know, it's so important to have a, a, a floor general, and it looks like that's what he is. But not only that, he's I didn't realize how offensive, you know, he'll take the shot and, and make it. And so he's uh, he's had a really strong start, and that could, that could spell, you know, a, a good season for uh, uh, for the Pirates. Well, health is the key. You mentioned this last year. He wasn't healthy. He only played a handful of games. And Seton Hall had no depth at the guard position, so that was the killer. This year, hopefully he remains healthy because he is an offensive player. It's not really a surprise that he's been able to put up shots. That's his uh, calling card, so to speak, and has been really since high school through his time at Harvard. But staying healthy has been been a problem. So if he stays healthy, uh, they're in good shape, better shape than if he doesn't. But they can withstand, I think, his loss more this year than they could last year. Jameer Harris is another veteran guy that came in and transferred from American. Mm -hmm. He's there. Not sure what will happen with Kidari Richmond. Uh, highly anticipated transfer from Syracuse. Not that he's gotten off to a sluggish start, but he's just trying to feel his role a little bit. Things are different for him. Uh, playing for Seton Hall, which is a man-to-man defensive team. And of course, he came from Syracuse, which is all zone all the time. So there's been some transition. And you, you look at a guy like Ike Obiagu, Matt, and you know, Seton Hall has plenty of score and they're just like, hey, big guy, just stay in the paint and be huge. And if you can have that element and like you saw it in the second half against Michigan, you have a big guy like that that you can't get around, that can block shots, that's physical. I mean, that's a good element for your team. 
Oh yeah, and he was he was pretty awesome last year too. And he points out uh, the development program that Kevin Willard and the staff have put in place over years. Now, a program I don't know if it makes it different than any other teams, but they have taken players and developed them. Uh, Obiagu came in, you know, his footwork was a little awkward, and at times it remains that way. But he's just become a very good player defensively, and he is intimidating. It's a weapon that not a lot of teams have. And while uh, they were able, Hunter Dickinson was able to do some damage in the game, Seton Hall was able to keep him at bay for the most part, and he had very little impact at all down the stretch. And that's because they can throw some size at you. And Obiagu is the guy that epitomizes that. And yeah, I mean, it's his ability to block shots alters your thoughts as you drive down the lane. Yeah, and I mean, I know Rutgers is missing that from Miles Johnson. Now, you didn't get a lot of scoring from Miles, certainly more than Ike scores. But anyway, they, you know, they're, they're missing him for sure because, you know, when you're, you're driving into the lane, there's a lot to think about. I'm not saying that Cliff Omaru is not picking up some of that, but not not the defensive uh, effort that, that Miles Johnson gave every night. He, he was uh, – so they're, they're without a doubt missing him. So, I mean, it just seems like all the, all the pieces are there for Seton Hall to have a really nice season. And I was kind of wondering, uh, you know, after, you know, losing Sandro – that you know, uh, you know, they wouldn't have the same kind of uh, at least scoring ability. But it seems uh, they've got plenty of people to fill in there. Now you got Ohio State coming up, so here's uh, Kevin Willard uh, challenging his team early with the scheduling. Not that he does the scheduling, but I'm sure he has a, a say in it. But here they are playing, uh, you know, two Big Ten opponents here right out of the jump, and they could be giant killers again. I mean, Ohio State's ranked number 19. And, you know, they're always good, always physical, and uh, that's going to be a tough game for them. Well, it will be. And, yes, Kevin Willard's fingerprints are all over Seton Hall's schedule. Uh, even though he may not cross the T's and dot the I's, he's somebody who has a large input in who Seton Hall is going to play. Now, this one is a, a tournament, uh, so he had no say necessarily in how uh, the balls were drawn to see who you would play in the first round. But, yeah, it's another tough opponent. And, listen, Seton Hall really has never shied away from playing a tough schedule under Willard. Yeah, he challenges his team. He feels it's a good barometer for where they're at. It gets them ready for the Big East. And he's not afraid to travel anywhere and play. And so this tournament is uh, in Fort Myers. You know, it's part of Feast Week. And they'll be challenged again. I mean, that's that's the thing about where Seton Hall is at, or any college team at this point. You know, I mentioned earlier, we'll see how the rankings shake out at the end of the season. We'll know who the best teams in the country are. So mm-hmm. we don't know. Will Michigan be that way? Will this look like a signature win? I think it will because it's on the road, and Michigan will be good. But, you know, we really won't know. And it's the same thing here. How good is Seton Hall? Well, we don't really know. They've got a veteran team. They've got depth, as you attested. And when I say veteran team, even the, the some of the transfers, like Jameer Harris is a senior plus. They, they have experienced guys. It's mm-hmm. an older team. So they have a chance to do something pretty special this year. Will they do it? Who knows? If they you know, live off their clippings of the win against Michigan, they'll stumble against Ohio State, and people will scratch their head and say, well, what is the Seton Hall team all about? So they're going to they're gonna be tested you know, over the next couple of weeks. They've got Texas coming in. They'll play Rutgers. So it's not an easy slate for Seton Hall, but it will tell much about them. And if they can follow up 
Tuesday's win with one this coming Tuesday against Ohio State. I mean, they'll be in the top 25. There's no question. Oh, yeah. they, they don't play a game in between. So they'll be in the top 25. Right. But they'll really raise some eyebrows if they can win that against Ohio State. Now, another big guy that you had mentioned at the in the opening show that uh, you were counting on having a big season because he was up and down last year is Tyree Samuel. And, you know, he's had a really strong start. And so, you know, with all this size, you know, this 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 could be a formidable, you know, front court here. And I, I didn't see that coming in. I was wondering, what, you know, how this would all shake out. But, man, he, he looks like a good player. And he was, like, up and down last year. Yeah, he was. And I think there's still more that he can give. There are times that he just gets lost a little bit defensively. But he's long and he's lean. And he potentially with his athleticism, can be an awesome player. You know, we'll see. It's his third year in the program. He'll receive a prominent role, and there are high hopes for him. There's no doubt about it. But what he enables them to do, along with everybody, I mean, really, if you look at Kevin's going to have to figure out his rotation. In the early going, he's played a lot of guys. That will get cut down to some degree. But he can come at you big. He can come at you small. He can come at you in between hybrid. Uh, One of the hallmarks of their win against Michigan you know, you talked about their defense, and they were terrific defensively, and they just squeezed the life out of Michigan toward the end and didn't allow them to get much into their sets, and they challenged. So they put a, a bigger physical team out there. You know, it, it, it's a good set of combinations that he works with. But, again, 3-0, and just want to temper the enthusiasm a little bit because, you know, they don't reward an NCAA championship in the first month of the season. <laughs> but, but... But a win like Tuesday's can elevate your presence in the seedings. And, you know, we know how that works. Listen, uh, you know, Cinderella comes to play every year in the NCAA tournament. Uh, it doesn't really matter if you're seeded one anymore or whether you're seeded 16. You got a shot. Hey, right? We've seen that happen. Listen. So you got to play your way through it. But you'd like to have a higher seed and in a better setting for your fans to go and all those things that come to play. Hey, man, if you're there at the end, a win against Michigan at Michigan on your resume in March is awfully good, Matt. But here you go. Now you can get a, a resume. Uh, now, is it home or away? I didn't, I didn't see that. Is it, who, Are they playing uh, Ohio State at the Rock? Or is it no, at? No, they're down in Florida. They're, they're at a tournament in Fort oh, Myers. Oh, oh, gotcha. Okay. All right. So, wow. So, so they neutral site. Yes. Yeah, so they have a big opportunity there at a neutral site to knock off two Big Ten teams, man. And so uh, we'll see how... Uh, how Seton Hall rolls there. Uh, let's turn it over to Rutgers now. But first, let's give a nod out to Aaron Levine for LG Insurance. Uh, Aaron came on board with us again and, and supports uh, supports the uh, Hardwood uh, Jersey Hardwood podcast. And uh, you know, I've uh, I've known uh, Aaron for years, and uh, you know, he's my go to guy for all the insurance for for, for my, my my business anyway. And and uh, uh, a good guy, uh, and uh, happy to have him on uh, board again, and, and, a, and a great insurance agent who knows everything. Any question I have about insurance, I immediately call him. He knows it all, up and down. Uh, you know, both you know, commercially, residentially, you know, auto life, everything this guy does, and he does a great job with it. So we're happy to have him uh, on board. Uh, let's turn um, to Rutgers, Matt. And um, it's been a little shaky, frankly. And uh, they're coming off a loss as as we record this last night. They lost to DePaul, 
pretty crazy ending to that game where they're, every, they're just bombing threes back and forth and no one was missing. Um, it, but, you know, an uneven, uneven effort for um, Rutgers. They didn't play great defense. Again, they didn't shoot well. And that's going to be a concern moving forward and always has been a concern. And that's really, you know, putting the ball in the bucket. They're, again, not not shooting well. And, you know, uh, Steve Peichel's got to figure out, uh, you know, who, who, who his go-to people are going to be now, who his go-to players are going to be. You know, lose, losing Jacob Young, losing Miles Johnson. Um, you know, the defense probably took a little hit there. And, and again, the offense seems to be the same place. It's, it gets stagnant at times. They, they miss shots. Uh, but they can put it together. There is talent there. It's just a matter of uh, finding it. Yeah, and it is a bit of a frustrating start for Rutgers. You know, even though they're three and one, they have struggled in all of them. They've had to, you know, fight. With the exception of the second half against NJIT, they kind of had to fight for those victories. And you wouldn't necessarily expect that. You would think, okay, you know, they should be able to get Merrimack you know, fairly easily. But you know, Lehigh, all these. It's just not a strong schedule overall. Uh, again, you know, we'll find out. Maybe Lehigh's much better than we thought. Maybe, you know, NJIT will be an NCAA tournament team. We don't know. But they've not been able to really put their stamp on these games from start to finish. And honestly, losing on the road, it's not the worst thing in the world. But losing on the road to DePaul is not good. I was listening to the broadcast last night, and uh, I was making the transition from the Devils hockey game against the Florida Panthers, getting ready to get on the bus, go to the airport and fly to Tampa, which is where I'm speaking to you from today. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to the game and it was terrific. I mean, the guys did a great job back and forth. Uh, they, they gave you the feel, uh, you know, Jerry Marino, uh, I mean, excuse me. Jerry Recco. <laughs> Jerry Recco. Yeah. I was thinking about Jerry Carino. I was reading a story yeah. in ATP just uh, before we came on. Uh, but Jerry Recco does a great job. Uh, on the mm-hmm. play-by-play. And I was at, on the edge of my seat because it was, like you said, back and forth, each team bombing away threes. But they were talking in the post game about how this is a better DePaul team than it appears. And I disagree. They only have seven scholarship players. And they're predicted to be near the bottom of the Big East. Now, under first-year head coach Tony Stubblefield, they have come out with energy and enthusiasm. But I, I don't know that DePaul's all that good. So that is not a good loss. Or Rutgers, and without some bigger names on the non-conference portion of their schedule, they don't have a chance to make up for that. Uh, they don't have a chance, like Seton Hall did, to have a statement victory. Uh, now, maybe if they beat Seton Hall, that would be their statement, statement victory. So, uh, listen, all is not lost. But it's just been a troubling, puzzling start for Rutgers, considering uh, there was some thought that this was going to be a really good year for Steve Peichel. And off the early going, it might be a good year, but not a very good year. Yeah, well, I mean, they got killed with threes last night. Again, they did, they again hit some shots at the end themselves, but uh, just couldn't uh, defend the three. And uh, that that was the problem. Also, you know, DePaul had a little bit of size and played some pretty good de- defense inside. And, and you know, why uh, Cliff Omarui, I mean, if there are a lot of fouls called, my goodness. All right, well, I don't want to get in. I don't want to be complaining about the rest, but my God, the whistle just continually blowing. And, uh, you know, Cliff got got in his foul trouble, which is always, and here I said it at the beginning of the, uh, you know, the first show, Matt, that who's backing up uh, Cliff and, uh, you know, Dean Reber came in, but uh, it's not the same kind of defensive presence. It's, it's not the, uh, the, he doesn't have that athleticism that, that uh, Omarui has and, 
you know, a, a, the shot blocking ability, the, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's different. And, um, and, you know, the thing about last year now, Miles Johnson and Cliff O'Marouri were, were backing each other. I, well, Cliff was ba- backing up Miles Johnson, but uh, that they had that element last year that they don't this year. And so from defensively, you've got to take a step back there, especially when you absolutely need to stop. And if, if, if Cliff, Cliff O'Marouri's in, in foul trouble, well, th- th- there's trouble right there. So, um, and then, uh, you know, shooting, uh, you know, it hasn't been great. It was a little better last night they hit some shots late um geo's been streaky streaky but he's always been streaky right uh ron harper jr streaky but always been streaky and uh and and that and that's what we have uh, andre hyatt appears to be uh all he's been uh led up to be he's a uh, you know good player and uh, he's he's getting minutes and uh he looks good and now now he, if he's backing up Omarui. I mean, you're giving up considerable amount of size there. That's a small lineup there, so it's it's not the same. It, it, there's certainly in, in terms of size and and, and uh, shot blocking ability and such in the middle there when when Omar is on the bench. Um, and uh, what I really like here is I really like to play a Jaden Jones. I think he should start getting more minutes. I think he'll they'll begin giving him more minutes. I mean, you know, Caleb McConnell's getting a lot of minutes. Uh, I know, I know. Steve Peichel likes his defense. He's long and he and he and he plays hard, but offensively, I you know I've never liked him with the ball. I've mentioned that before, and he's getting a lot of minutes. He doesn't score a lot, but he does a lot defensively. But again, got to put the ball in the bucket, Matt, to win games, right? Well, you do, and you also have to defend, though. And you talked about that. I think last night that was an issue. Again, I didn't see the whole game. Uh, I listened to the end of it, but. That's not really the kind of game, you know, maybe 10 points less would be a Rutgers kind of game, right? And you talked about the uh, disparity in free throws. Uh, Peichel didn't make much of an issue of it last night. He might have had DePaul made their free throws. <laughs> you know, they, they, they couldn't hit uh, a, a shot. I, I, they were just barely over 50%, if even that. So this game could have been out of hand had DePaul functioned just even on an average basis from the free throw line, but they did. But I think it's on the defensive side uh, that that's where Rutgers has been a hallmark team. And last night, I think some of it got away from them. So they'll have to tighten up. I mean, if you look ahead to the schedule, they got one Lafayette. Yeah, was, so you guys are going, and, you guys are playing uh, Ohio state. We're going back to the, uh, the, the cupcake schedule and playing uh, well, yeah, I mean, Lafayette we on Monday. Well, yeah, yeah and it's and, and it's, it's it's a philosophy, and I don't know really. I haven't heard Steve talk about it, what his philosophy is, why he's doing it that way. We discussed last week that early in his tenure, he wanted to build up some of those wins, uh, and as you're trying to turn a program around, and at the end of the year, it doesn't matter who you beat. If you can just say, hey, look, we won five more games than last year, or we won seven more games than last year. People go, wow, improvement. And so it's as much a, a publicity effort as it is you know, a basketball effort. But now I think Rutgers has reached the point where they have to look beyond that. And, you know, they don't have that kind of schedule. Now, I'll be honest with you, you know, I mentioned Jerry Carino earlier because I was reading a story that he wrote where Kevin Willard yesterday said, you know what, we may not go to these neutral site tournaments moving forward. We're contractually obligated uh, simply because he does like to play some of the better teams. Then you've got the Gavit games. Then you've got the Big East Big 12. And then you've got the biggest tournament. And he's just wondering whether or not 
it might be a little too much to ask. We'll find out. He might be just kind of downplaying Seton Hall a little bit, uh, speaking of publicity, in advance of the game against Ohio State. Anyway, which is a long way of saying he might reduce his schedule, but Pikeville, I think, has to bring his schedule up a little bit and has to test this team a little bit more. I mean, what, is, what, what are they learning against all of those easier teams? Yes, the Big Ten will challenge Rutgers, but what will they know about themselves until they get into a Big East, a Big uh, Ten play? And so, I thought DePaul, uh, I thought DePaul was a good opponent for him because it wasn't, uh, you, you know, it's part of the Gavit games, right? So they could have gotten a, a much tougher draw than that. So they get a team that's uh, near the bottom of the of the Big East. You figure that's a good opportunity. Yeah, you got him in Chicago. Um, you, you, you just mentioned what they have seven uh, scholarship players. Now, interesting enough, I saw a stat. They've won the last uh, big, the last six meetings with Big Ten opponents. They've won five of them. The Paul has, so that's that's pretty impressive. Um, they're certainly not a bad team. I think they won some pretty big games down the stretch last year, last season. Even didn't they even beat uh, Seton Hall at, uh, at the toward the end of last season? They, they yeah, they they have been a team. They have been a team that has had potential, but never has done anything of note with it. Which is why they have a first year head coach. So, um, no, I mean we you can shade it any way you want, yeah. and you can say, hey, they've done well. I mean they're in the heart of Big Ten country, so maybe there's some you know local rivals that bring out the best in some of the players on the DePaul roster. But uh, no, that. That was not that was not a good a good thing. Yeah, uh, you're not going to be able to spin that too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Other than they're on the was, on the road, as you opened up with, yeah. it, they're on the road. I mean, always you know, always a question mark when you're traveling, right? And so, um, it's it's a bad loss. No, it's a bad loss, and um, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Pykele's going to have to regroup. Uh, there's there's some there's some bright spots there I, I mean i mentioned Jaden jones um you know I, who who knows what you got from the other guys uh, dean reber mawat uh, mag oscar palmquist you don't really know you have, just haven't seen enough of them and then there's a lot of minutes to give out frankly with with, with all these guys mulcahy paul mulcahy has been kind of all over the place he hasn't yeah, he um, had a decent game last night but you're right he hasn't been, yeah he was he was better last night but the first three games he was all over the place so he's still finding no, himself sure. with this new group of uh, players well one would hope that, that he just seems out of sync and if he can get in sync with this new group not so much a new group though I mean, you still got that trifecta of uh, Ron Harper Jr Geo Baker and Cliff Omarui so but getting in sync with everybody and um you know, uh, one would hope that really all, all it can do is go up because really they they struggled against you know media, you know, poor to mediocre talent uh, up to this point, and now they really got to figure it out. Figure they won't have a problem with Lafayette on Monday, but then you know once the Big Ten schedule starts, it could be a, a woo, it can be a, a surprise there waiting for them. So. Uh, well, you know, and that's why Omarui is such an important piece and why last night losing him to foul trouble was a killer. He's got to stay on the floor. He's yeah. a physical presence. Uh, I know Michael feels that his depth at center is, is pretty good, but I, I just don't know after Omarui. There's still some question marks. So if you lose him, you're in big trouble, as they were last night. Although, let's face it, I mean, it's not like they got run out of the building, but still, yeah. he would have potentially been a difference maker and now you go into the 
Big Ten schedule with all their big guys, you know, Kobe mm-hmm. Coburn and Hunter mm-hmm. Dickinson and on and on and on. It's a big man's league. And if Rutgers can't keep him on the court, then, they're, you know, there's certainly some they trouble, that's for sure. We'll be in trouble. So uh, yeah, Devils okay. uh, struggled last night, Matt. What happened there? Uh, you know what? It was a great first period, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. But they allowed, or more accurately, Florida scored uh, a late goal. And it's funny about hockey. That changes the momentum so quickly. Uh, really, the Devils dominated Florida. They had a one nothing lead. Couldn't find a way to score that second goal. And then Florida ties it up late in the period. They go into the locker room and you know they're they're thinking well we played about as poorly as we can and we're tied so let's go and and you know the devils are going hey we played great and we're tied like look out it just happens in this sport and uh, florida turned it on in the second period mm-hmm. the devils really didn't have an answer for them they scored three unanswered goals and they and they went and, on to the and they're good so, they have what's their record oh, I mean, Florida's pretty, good yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, no, they're one of the better teams, absolutely, and they're undefeated at home. Uh, that was their ninth straight win at home, so they're uh, they're they are a good team. There's no doubt. And about Tampa that. Bay so, struggled a little bit, haven't they? Well, to start, but they're on a roll now. Okay, they've won right. three straight, and right. uh, they're showing their championship well, pedigree. Yeah, you figured so you figured that would happen. So that, that's going to be a heck of a yeah. challenge. You, so you're in Tampa. Yeah. So you have the, you the game Saturday night, though. You uh, do you have a, uh, a day off? Well, actually, it's Saturday afternoon, four okay. o'clock. And, uh, I mean, I'll mention it here. I don't usually uh, talk much about what I do uh, beyond what everyone knows I do. But I'm going to be doing the TV play-by-play on Saturday, so I'm excited about that. Oh, awesome. Uh, That's great. Steve, Cant- yeah, Steve Cantalosi has an assignment with uh, the Red Bulls. They're in the playoffs, so he's flying up to do that game, and I'm sliding over from radio to TV. Oh, I'm going to watch that. Back with my good friend. There we go, 4 o'clock. Pumped to be back with my good friends at the MSG Networks, and, and hopefully – uh, I am a difference maker. <laughs> oh, that's great. No, <laughs> because, I, I, yeah. because it's going to be a challenge. There's no question about that. We'll be um, sure to have you on at the brewery. <laughs> for for <laughs> that, sure. That's, that, that's good. Uh, but uh, in all seriousness, there's been a lot of good things that the team has done in the last couple of games. I mentioned the first period last night. Uh, they played well against the Rangers, but lost in the shootout. So, right. you know, the bars are raised for this team. It's, it's higher than, than it's been in the last few years. And so, uh, let's see how the Devils respond tomorrow. Uh, you know, playing really well, but mm-hmm. losing, even though they're the two-time defending champs, is probably not satisfactory. So let's let's see what they can do to just find a way to to crack uh, crack through a little bit, pick up a W. That being said, they're in a pretty good spot. Uh, they are a better team. Than yeah, they've been playing well last year. Playing yeah, well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's overall, a little bit a little bit more Tampa, excitement. You know, I start oh, no, I start no. asking for tickets. You know, when I start asking for tickets, you know, oh, geez, yeah, you're Steve because the Devils are playing well now and da 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 da. So, but but you know, those those requests obviously go up. But uh, good luck in front of the camera. You've uh, you've you've done it many times in your career. So this is it's, you're a versatile guy, Matt. That's that's great. So we'll we'll have you on. Hopefully, I'll be in a good mood. Maybe Rutgers uh, pulls one out at, uh, against uh, Penn State at that at that point. But we'll we'll see. So this is the Jersey Hardwood podcast. Uh, we come to you weekly. We cover Rutgers basketball, Seton Hall basketball. We'll cover some other uh, uh, Jersey hoops as well. You can find us. Uh, we're hosted on SoundCloud, but you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify. So check us out. Listen in. We'll be back next week. Steve Tishner with Matt Lachlan. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>